Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Well, usually we have to wait for this kind of content until, like, November. But, hey, welcome in. Coaching search season already underway. Now, we usually wouldn't spend too much time talking about a guy from Southern Cal and that job and stuff, although it's one of college football's premier jobs. But, of course, naturally, one of the coaches here in this state gets immediately tied to something like this. We're going to talk about it today. Coaching search season underway already in college football. My name is Michael Borky. Glad to see you guys on this Tuesday morning. Kind of a muggy, not really all that fun Tuesday morning, honestly. We got a little rain or whatever you want to call it going on right now. Now, the forecast this week, it's interesting coming into the weekend because you've got this uh, tropical storm that's going to make its way through the state. Well, west of us, not necessarily through the state, but it might, might have some impact on our games on Saturday. Ole Miss is hosting Tulane at home. Mississippi State just an hour up the road at uh, at Memphis, and there might be some rain in the forecast this weekend. So that's something to keep an eye on as we move along this week. But anyway, glad to see you guys. I'm Michael Borky. Wherever you're watching, I encourage you to find me on YouTube. Michael Borky on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you like what you hear, actually like the video. That would help me a ton. Also, follow on Twitter and Facebook. And wherever you get your podcasts, Mike in the Morning or my name should turn up results and subscribe there. Don't have too much time today, so let's just get right into it. Uh, Clay Helton was fired yesterday as the head coach of Southern Cal. And, of course, everybody just jumped on it. Just jumped on it. They had hot list ready, all this stuff. Everything was out there, and there's just names, the usual suspects. Matt Campbell's agent has got to be the happiest guy in America every year because his name just gets thrown onto these lists regardless of what job it is, and he's just having a field day. I wonder if it's Jimmy Sexton. Jimmy Sexton's also going to get rich off of stuff like this too because that's like his business model. Uh, So Clay Helton gets fired after week two. Yes, they did get beat up pretty bad by Stanford, uh, but they were the number 15 team in college football. Going into the season or going into week two, and last year went to the Pac 12 championship. Not enough, apparently, not enough gets fired in week two. And all the chaos and stuff aside, like, you know, I, I know I'm supposed to embrace it and love chaos when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, am I the only one that thinks this is incredibly stupid? I mean, not moving on from Clay Helton after this year if they underachieved or something like that. He has been there seven years. It's put up or shut up time. But the number 15 ranked team losing a conference game in week two should not trigger a firing. And if you were going to fire the guy after his first loss of the season, why the hell did you let him coach the season at all? I mean, what's getting lost in all of this, and I don't mean to be the wet blanket, but I guess that's going to be my role today, is this is dumb. 
We're really going to start firing coaches two games into a season when they have a ranked team that loses a conference game. Like, that's really the precedent we're going to set here. This is really stupid to me. I mean, because now it creates two things. One, it, it gives your interim a chance to win some favor. And what I mean by that is it doesn't sound like that's the route they want to go. When you look at these hot lists and stuff, you've got big names. Like Luke Fickle is a guy that if I were them, I'd go after. Uh, James Franklin. I mean, that that's a no-brainer. You go after him. What this is going to create, though, is if the, the interim takes over and apparently he's a very well-liked guy and a very capable coach, what happens if they start winning some games? What happens if this interim coach um, rallies the troops and they start winning? And suddenly the team likes him and wants him to be their coach. And then maybe some fans, boosters, whatever. Hey, wait, why would we do this coaching search when we've got this guy right here already in the locker room? He's won the team over. He's winning games. That's the direction we should go. That's happened before, and it's a dangerous road. So why would you make the change in week two when you could create a situation where the interim can win favor and muddy up the coaching search. And number two, don't you have a responsibility to your team at the end of the day? You know, maybe the team was done with Clay Helton. I don't know. I mean, maybe that was the case. But those guys, those 85 guys went to USC to play for Clay Helton. Shouldn't you at least give the kids the season with the guy they played for? Instead, they've got 10 more games to play for a head coach that, well, I'm sure they like because apparently everybody likes him. They didn't sign up to play for. I don't know. I I feel like firing a coach two weeks into a season is really dumb, and we shouldn't normalize this. It It doesn't make sense. They were the number 15 team in America going into week two. They lose a game, and they fire the guy after week two. It's crazy. It just doesn't make any sense. To me, I don't know what precedent this is setting. I don't know. But um, it's Mike Bone, by the way, is the the athletic director at USC. But, yeah, is Pat Hayden still the AD? Sterling says USC doing USC things. I mean, when your school is known for firing a high-profile coach on an airport tarmac, maybe you should wait a couple weeks. I don't know. I just... And here here I am defending a multi-million dollar football coach, right? I mean, far be it for me to do that. But I think that it's very reactionary. And if this was going to be your precedent, you should have just fired him before the season began instead of waiting until his first conference loss to can him two weeks into the season. I don't know. I don't know. But it is one of college football's premier jobs. Uh, Sterling says the NCAA is now adopting the EPO model of firing managers. Yeah, people wanted Greg Berhalter to get fired from the USA national team after winning two two trophies this summer, but the first two games of World Cup qualifying, they tied, which is fine in a 14-game window. Uh, People wanted him fired. It's like, okay, Uh, it's a little absurd, but I hear you. Uh, This is one of the best jobs in college football, or at least it should be. I think it still is. I mean, if I were them, 
uh, I'd aim high and you'll probably land. I mean, it's James Franklin. It's, it's Luke Fickle. I am not in love with Matt Campbell the way other people are. I'm not. I mean, I know it's a really difficult job, but has it been elevated to a point where you think that that's going to translate to championships at your job? I don't know. Um, James Franklin took Vanderbilt to unprecedented heights. Luke Fickle's taking Cincinnati to unprecedented heights. Matt Campbell has Iowa State really solid. I mean, yeah, they went to the Big 12 championship last year and, and got beat. And yeah, they were a top 10 team going into a game where they couldn't produce any kind of offense at all at home against Iowa last weekend with a 12th year senior quarterback. I don't know. It's just not as not as attractive to me as as would be James Franklin or Luke Fickle. But it will command that kind of attention. I have seen some of these hot lists that have Clemson's Tony Elliott on it, and I, uh, no way. Eric Bieniemy is an interesting choice from the the Kansas City Chiefs, the offensive coordinator there. That's interesting. Uh, But they can get a high-profile head coach if they want them. It's one of those jobs, for sure, in, uh, in college football. Zach says that's uh, how a lot of fans felt after Canizero was fired and Gary Henderson took over, though that situation was a bit different. Yeah, it was. But you get my point. You get my point. I mean, look at what happened with Ole Miss and Matt Luke. Although Ole Miss was not going to hire Matt Luke until the chancellor, who was trying to curry some local favor because he knew he was going to get fired from his job very soon, forced Ross Bjork to hire Matt Luke. Uh, that is just how that went down. I, I joked last week, uh, former Ole Miss coach Dave Doran, because Dave Doran was, they were making arrangements like that, that was done. Uh, and I'm sure Ole Miss fans are happy about that today. But um, that's what happened, though. Matt Luke won the Egg Bowl, and the team just loved him. And you had this kind of local pressure. You had people hanging, Matt Luke is my head coach from their bar window. And there was really, it was only local, it was hyper local, but there were still some. So a little bit of pressure, you know, from politicians who have no business inserting themselves into something like this. But, you know, that's not the first time. Uh, things like that, if the interim does well, and I would argue in 2016, they didn't do well, but that's not the point. If they do well enough, you could get team support. You could get some local support, and it really muddies that kind of a coaching search. Gary Henderson would have been a nice hire for Mississippi State after he took Canizero's team to Omaha. But uh, credit to John Cohen for not being a prisoner of the moment, and he has turned it into a much better situation. Uh, With all due respect to Gary Henderson, Chris Limonis obviously is uh, better for Mississippi State than Gary Henderson. That's just kind of how it worked out. Uh, That can happen here. I don't see why you created this possible situation for yourself because local pressure can get stuff done. I've seen it. Politician, bar owner, a chancellor that's really trying to curry favor with some locals, and boom, you get stuck with a head coach that's not qualified to be your head coach. I've seen it. We've all seen it very recently. But here's what happens every time there's uh, anything like this, that comes up. I, I put a Twitter thread out there yesterday. It was a short one, but it was kind of like a message to, to Ole Miss fans. Get used to it. Just get used to it. 
For as long as Lane Kiffin is the head coach at Ole Miss, people in the media and fans will want Lane Kiffin to take a different job than the one he currently has. That's just how it's going to be. One, because obviously he's a very good football coach. He is. He's doing a really good job at Ole Miss. He did a really good job at FAU. He brought Nick Saban into modern college football and created a death machine. Uh, If you go back and look at what he did at Southern Cal, he was dealing with ridiculous sanctions left to him by the previous staff, and he still won well enough. I mean, his firing there was unjust. But anyway, good football coach, really good offensive mind, but most importantly, he gets clicks. Lane Kiffin's name gets clicks and gets engagement because a lot of reasons. But you guys know it by now. Lane Kiffin's name is going to appear in every coaching search of a decent college football job that exists. Every single one, his name is going to appear. So you might as well just get used to it. It's going to happen. His name is going to come up. And we saw it last year. Last year should have been the example where you start laughing some of this off. Remember last year when the Tennessee job was open and people with mega platforms like Clay Travis is saying that he's begging for the job? And then local media there in Knoxville was saying that he was begging for the job and he regrets leaving and he wants to come home and all that stuff. And some national people, like I mentioned, Clay Travis and others, really trying to churn that up and make that a thing, that Lane Kiffin wants the Tennessee job. That was complete BS. It did not make sense. It was dumb to even suggest that was a possibility. And yet it was still suggested that that was a possibility, that Tennessee should go hire Lane Kiffin because it's just that simple. They should just go get him because he'll take the job right away. It was incredibly stupid. It was always stupid, but yet it was suggested because he gets clicks and engagement and he excites people or he generates reaction. And that's a business model in sports media is doing whatever it takes to just generate reaction. Kiffin to Tennessee last year was stupid. Suggesting it was stupid. It was dumb. And I don't really like to go down that road too often because I get things wrong all the time. But anybody with a functioning brain would have been able to tell you that there was no chance in hell that was happening. Zero percent chance that that was going to happen, but it was still suggested because his name generates engagement. It gets clicks. That's what's going to happen. My gosh, he was linked to the Auburn job last year. That wasn't going to happen. USC is a little more complicated because, you know, he is a a West Coast guy and his family, his kids do live out there. So it complicates it a little bit. But it's like people don't even think when they suggest stuff like this. It hasn't been long. It set his career back years, years. It set his career back when Southern Cal fired him at the airport while he was dealing with, what was it, 10 scholarships a year? I mean, crippling sanctions that were not brought in by him. They fired him at the airport. And that set his career back years. He had to go get yelled at by Nick Saban for a few years and then go take the FAU job where he couldn't get 2,000 people to show up to his games. It set him back. Fired at the airport. It's a running joke for a long time, but yet yesterday you still get the USC, they should hire Lane Kiffin. 
just get used to it. Every major job that comes open in college football, somebody is going to link his name to that job because people click on that. They get Joey Freshwater memes. It's just reality for you Ole Miss fans out there listening. It's going to happen. Your state friends are going to suggest it. They're going to beg for it. They're going to talk about it all the time. They're going to say things like, I heard he wants that job. Your, your, your state friend that works down the hall at the office hasn't heard anything and vice versa. It applies to both. But this is just your reality. And a lot of it, I say a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with clicks because he just gets engagement. There is this, there's this mentality with some people in the media and then just college football fans in general. And you state fans, you remember this with Dan Mullen. It's almost like you guys weren't allowed to have a good head coach. You guys remember that? Oh, Mullen's going to take the this job. Mullen's going to take that job. Oh, this program should hire him. And it was objectively worse jobs. The same thing's going to happen here. There's this thinly veiled idea that Ole Miss should not be allowed or able to keep good coaches. That all of these jobs, Tennessee should just go hire Kiffin as if there's not like other factors uh, involved there. They should just go hire him. That USC should just go hire him. Auburn should just go hire him as if he's like out here miserable and just somebody, please take me. I'm only making $5 million a year in the SEC West and a fan base that adores me and I can do whatever the hell I want and I can get on a private jet and go fishing in Boca whenever I want and it's the best conference in America and I'm recruiting top 20 classes. Oh, please, somebody save me. That's not really how it works. There's people in the media and fans in general that that think that the Mississippi schools, Ole Miss in particular in this case, like are not due a good coach. That the second they have one, somebody else should fire him away because like they don't deserve it or something. It's bizarre. It's really bizarre, but I saw it last year. I bared witness to it last year when people talked about him in Tennessee. It's like Right now, Ole Miss is an objectively better job than Tennessee right now. Better roster. No NCAA investigation hanging over the head of the program, which results you don't know. It's a better job right now today. I'm not naive enough to think that Tennessee's not a great one of uh, the most dedicated fan bases, although people act like that means something. It doesn't really mean all that much. There's there's your truth of the day. Texas has money and fans, and they're not worth a crap and haven't been for 12 years. But Tennessee has history, and they've got Rocky Top and running through the tee and a terrible orange and a big stadium that they don't fill up anymore. That home game against an ACC team with a new coach, second game as a new coach or with a new coach. They won their first game an ACC team coming to town, and there were tens of thousands of empty seats in Knoxville. Tell me which job is better right now. Uh, But Mississippi is not allowed to have good coaches. And when they have one, everybody else should just go hire him because there's no way he's happy there. There's that mentality. It's thinly veiled. You have to kind of read between the lines a little bit, but it's absolutely there. It is absolutely there. Oh, he wants out. Why? Why? You just assume that it sucks here 
It's interesting. Best division in college football. You'll make five million plus a year. Let's pretend for a second Ole Miss goes nine and three. Lane Kiffin will be a top ten paid coach in college football if Ole Miss pulls that off this year. So he'll be a top ten paid coach in the SEC West, ability to recruit, and has freedom to do whatever the hell he wants. Seriously, I mean, it, like, doesn't matter. Win games. You don't have to go hang out in the Diamond Club at the baseball games. Like, you can go fishing all off season if you want. Nobody cares. Leadership there certainly doesn't care. Just win football games. Nothing else matters. Pretty sweet gig. There are better ones, without a doubt. I mean, objectively better jobs than the two that we two SEC jobs we have in the state. No doubt. I think that list is much smaller than some national people that have big platforms give them credit for. I mean, there's a reason that Texas and Oklahoma came to the SEC. Because every other conference is slipping further and further behind. There's a reason. So, get used to it because it's going to happen. It's he's going to get linked in every job, and people are going to pretend like there's nothing good about your job, and that every school can just swoop in and just hire him right away, as if there will be no resistance. That's what's going to happen. It happened with Mullen. It's going to happen with Kiffin on steroids because my gosh, he's a click machine. He's a click machine, and that's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Your your jobs are not good enough to keep a coach ever. If anybody else wants them, they can just come get them whenever they want. That's the mentality that some people have. You just got to get used to it. Uh, it's wrong, and not like morally wrong, although that too, but it's just factually incorrect. And that's okay. Uh, you, you'll let these people continue to think that Nebraska is a great job. Let them live in the Stone Age and, and think that Nebraska is great and Tennessee is a great job and just get stuck way, way, way behind. The same thing's going to happen with Florida State, by the way. Florida State possibly is going to Fire a coach after like 18 months, essentially. Hire his replacement and then fire him after two years again. That's, I told you state fans about this on last Saturday. So two Saturdays ago, I talked to you guys about this. Regardless of how the rest of the season goes with Mike Leach, John Cohen cannot fire him unless there's scandal. It doesn't look like that's going to be something that's called for anyway. If they play defense like this all season, they'll go to a bowl game. Fans will be all right. But if somehow they really start faltering and go four and eight or whatever, fans are going to clamor for change. John Cohen can't make that change because you cannot, you cannot have a coach and fire him after two not bad years. Not good enough, but not bad. Joe Moore had went to two bowl games and beat Ole Miss twice. And then hire Mike Leach, a guy with two decades worth of sample size of being a solid coach that will bring you winning if you're just patient enough. Then fire him and then expect anybody worth a damn to pick up your phone call. That That's the reality that State is in right now. I would say that about any program in America, including Florida State. They'll eventually get somebody because it is Florida State and they'll be able to offer a lot of money, although apparently they're not exactly like loaded in the savings account right now. But it is Florida State. They'll eventually get somebody. But if Florida State actually fires Mike Norvell, you're going to get candidate lists and they're going to be laughable. Billy Napier's not picking up the phone. If Florida State calls after they just fired Mike Norvell, after two years, Mike Norvell took Memphis to an access bowl. Memphis 
to an Access Bowl. He beat an SEC team while at Memphis in the year they went to the Access Bowl. And you, no, it, I got that backwards. He took Memphis to an Access Bowl. And in two years, you're going to fire him? I'm not answering the phone. You can call somebody else. No, thank you. Um, Lane Kiffin's not answering that phone call. He might tell Jimmy Sexton that he answered the phone so Jimmy can go to Keith and do that, but he's not picking up the phone. Matt Campbell's not picking up the phone at Florida State. You're telling me that if I don't win perfectly by the second game of year two, I'm going to be on a hot seat. You're going to fire me? Hell no. I'm good here in Ames. They're going to go. The, the list that that is going to come out, is, you, you can just go ahead and laugh at. Same thing with Nebraska. When they fire Scott Frost, go ahead and laugh at their list because the first five candidates are going to say no. Same thing with Florida State if they move on. You don't go two years fired, two years fired, and hire a top five candidate on the ridiculous list that are going to come out. They're all going to say no. You ruin your job when you do that. And it is a little ridiculous that we're not even, I mean, it takes more than two years to build a program. I mean, they gave they didn't give Willie Taggart any time. Jimbo Fisher left behind, I'm not kidding, the worst graded offensive line in all of college football. That's what year one under Willie Taggart had. The worst graded offensive line in all of college football. That was left to him. Program was not in perfect shape when Jimbo left. You didn't even give him two complete years? To make it his own before you fired him? And then you're going to turn around and have Mike Norvell take over a bad situation and a bad team, and you're not going to give him two years before you fire him? That That's a way to make your job extremely unattractive. Coach Prime at Florida State. Now that's something. A few years ago, that was a thing, and everybody rolled their eyes now that he's actually a head coach, and it obviously is going okay. Give Norvell another year, and if it doesn't work, you fire him, and Deion Sanders is on that list, absolutely. Sterling says, USC should be no better, should know better the most, the power of, okay, hold on. USC should know better than most the power of the interim, i.e. Ordron. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't read. This light, this ring light just really bothers me. Uh, Yeah, they should, but they're going to go down that road again. It's going to happen again. Williams says, Kiffin's next job, whenever that may be, will be in the NFL hopefully years down the road. That's a wild card in all this. Everybody thinks he's just going to jump to, you know, a different college football job, but he puts a quarterback in the first round like Corral's possibly going to be and, and steady wins some games. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is working out in the NFL. Kevin got a bad draw with what he dealt with in Oakland when he was hired there for that one year. Got a really bad draw. Zach says, it's really hard to find a place that sucks when you're a multimillionaire. True. Uh, but you do have people that have never, probably never been to the state of Mississippi, let alone the pretty awesome college towns we have here that say things like, you know, it sucks there and they're probably miserable, that kind of stuff. Those people have never been here. They don't know what it's like. They don't know what it's like at all. 
Should the AD at Florida State be fired first? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you should be able to hire three football coaches if the first two flamed out. Florida State and Southern Cal seem to be following the same coaching story, Sid says. It just gnaws at USC seeing UCLA becoming competitive, JP says. Probably. Probably. But I mean, it's not like you're gaining an advantage by starting now as opposed to November. But yeah, I... I I hear you on that for sure. But if you were going to fire him two games into the season, you shouldn't have let him start the season. You could have already been on to the new. Anyway, here's your stat of the day. I, I told you guys I have to make this one a little bit shorter today, but here's your stat of the day. Top 25 opponents remaining for the top 10 in college football. I'll actually display this for you so you can see it. Uh, this is from Cole Kublik. This is fun. This is really fun. Uh, because the Alliance, this kind of underscores how bad the Alliance is. Alabama has four games remaining, or five games remaining against the top 25. Number 7, 11, 17, 20, and 22. Georgia has three games remaining against the top 25. 20, 22, and 11. Oklahoma has one. And it's number 14. It's Iowa State, who just lost to Iowa this past weekend. Oregon has one. Number 13. Iowa has two, 10 and 18. Clemson has zero remaining. Zero remaining top 25 opponents. Texas A&M has four, 20, one, 22, and 17. Cincinnati has one, number 12. Ohio State has two, number 10, which is Penn State, number 25. And Penn State has four, actually. Uh, one of that includes Auburn. Uh, Penn State has 22, 5, 9, and 25. That's gross. That's just gross. Um, Tennessee, Florida State, Nebraska, and Southern Cal all have fallen all the way off. And they've done it to themselves, JP. They've done it to themselves. If Florida State moves on from Mike Norvell, they are doing it to themselves. You got to give a guy at least, you got to give him a chance. You can't do this two and done thing repeatedly. I'm late on here, so this may have been asked. But no, it hadn't yet, Patrick. But will Ole Miss, Alabama be ESPN game day if Ole Miss beats Tulane? Uh, there's one other game that weekend that I think is possible. But I'll pull up the schedule anyway. Uh, the storylines with Ole Miss and Alabama are that of college game day, no doubt. Uh, I think they'll get it. So we're talking... Let's see. It's week five, right? Yeah, it's week five because Alabama has Southern Miss while Ole Miss has a bye week. Uh, Arkansas at Georgia is the only other game where it could, you know, they could take it away is Arkansas at, at Georgia. Can or Arizona State's at UCLA that day, kind of whatever. Um, but no, it's it's down to those two. If Ole Miss shows up to Tuscaloosa undefeated, college game day will be at Ole Miss, Alabama. You just can't ignore that storyline. On top of the fact that Ole Miss by that time will be, what, 14, 13, somewhere at at number one. So, yeah, I, I think you can go ahead and bank on that. Although, I've been to a college game day, uh, Alabama game, and they just, like, don't really care that much. They just, they've gotten it so often, it's not even like a thing there. What a boring life that is. 
Like, people were making fun of Arkansas for storming the field. Why? Why? They've sucked for years now. Celebration shaming is one of the dumbest things we do in college sports. Arkansas storming the field was awesome. I mean, what a scene. I don't understand that. Alabama fans are the the biggest um, guilty parties in that. The celebration shaming. But anyway. All right, guys, I'm sorry. I've got to go. I've got to go. Thank you so much for being a a part this morning, though. I appreciate all of you and for watching on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. I would appreciate that very much. We'll be back tomorrow actually talking about, you know, football stuff instead of coaching searches and whatnot. But Ole Miss fans, just just get used to it. Just get used to it. It comes with the territory of having a good football coach and one that gets clicks. Gil, I'll answer this, and then i got to run. LSU at Mississippi State, 11 a.m., what gives? because 11 a.m. on ESPN draws good numbers. It does. And as much as morning games really suck and they take away from the atmosphere, everything is geared towards television. It just is. And so the other games that day on the ESPN properties, I mean, you would rather... Honestly, it doesn't make sense, though, that Tennessee-Florida is going to get it over LSU-Mississippi State other than the fact that Florida is going to be highly ranked and stuff like that. Um, But they value noon Eastern. It's just true. They they value noon Eastern. Uh, They think it's a time slot that actually will get a lot of eyeballs. And while I think LSU Mississippi State is more compelling than Tennessee Florida, and I think it has a chance to be a much better game, uh, I guess that's what ESPN wanted. So... It stinks, but 11 a.m. is not what it used to be. You know, people thought 11 a.m. was like where they put the awful games. They just relegated the bad games to the morning. They've learned that there's a big audience for for noon Eastern kickoffs. And so it's not a slight. It's more or less a compliment. Three o'clock on the SEC network is the worst time slot. That's the buried and gone time slot now is three o'clock on the SEC network. Noon on ESPN, noon Eastern on ESPN is good. It sucks because it ruins the atmosphere and it's a morning kick and all that. But as far as viewership and stuff, it's it's good. It sucks, though. I'm with you. I hate it. But that's why they do television viewers. So subscribe on YouTube. I'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll talk actual football tomorrow instead of coaching. See you all then. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.